So let's do a quick uh, poll here this morning. Show of hands. How many, how many of you uh, dream? Dream. And I don't mean like I have a dream. I mean like you're snoring dreaming. How many of you dream? Dream while you're asleep. Uh, how many of you dream in pictures? You see pictures. You see video. Mental video. How many of you remember the dreams? Yeah. People that are born blind don't dream in pictures. If you're born blind, you dream, but you don't dream in pictures. No visualizing. There's a reason for that. Last night I went to bed about 8.30. I had to shut the blinds so it didn't feel like 3 in the afternoon. And I slept for 9 hours. When I woke up this morning, I got the readout on the quality of my sleep. This is my... This is my version of a Fitbit. Someone told me the other day, they said, we thought your wedding ring finger just got too big and you had to switch it to your pinky. (laughs) This has all kinds of techie gear inside of it. When I walk, it can check my oxygen rate, and of course heart rates and all kinds of things like that, and quality of sleep. And I can wake up in the morning and get a readout. My heart variability and every few minutes through the night. So I woke up this morning and I looked and it said that I slept for nine hours, which in and of itself is second coming of the Lord, right? So that's amazing right there. So nine hours. And then it listed light sleep, deep sleep, and this thing we call REM sleep. R-E-M, REM sleep. Three hours of my nine hours last night was spent in REM sleep. 35% of my sleep last night was REM sleep. REM stands for, as many of you probably know, rapid eye movement. So that's the sleeping when your eyes are darting back and forth. There's a reason for that. When we close our eyes and it gets dark, we're not using our eyes anymore. And it doesn't take very long of not using a sense For other senses to start to move in and the the viability of that sense to decrease. So as quickly as overnight, it really happens within just a couple of hours. So if we were to sleep for 8 or 10 or 12 hours in the darkness and we're not using our eyes. Overnight, other senses will register that lack of activity And think that's open real estate. Start moving in. When someone is blind, we know that other senses seem to kick in. Well, they actually do. Because of real estate, the amount of brain space that's actually being used. So when my eyes are closed for sleeping my nine hours... There are things that messages sent that for the occipital lobe, the back, it's the very back of your your brain, it's where all the visual stuff is happening, that goes dark, literally. And other folks are like, well, I don't think they're living in that house, and start moving over. 
Which is why we have to dream in pictures. Because it registers in that part and says, hey, I didn't go away. (laughs) I'm still here. I find that fascinating. Fearfully and wonderfully made. It's in that moment when my eyes are darting back and forth that I'm processing events. I'm putting things on shelves in my life. I'm making sense of my day. All of that stuff is happening. And those visuals and those pictures aren't just for dreaming and funsies. It's actually firing charges to the back of my brain that says, his eyes still work. So that when I wake up in the morning, I can see. In the book of Corinthians, which we've been reading through, Paul is giving a message about unity, about every part being significant. Every part being significant. The unity that's needed in Corinth. Corinth was like an L.A. It was like a New York City. It was at a crossroads of culture, commerce, languages, people groups. It was plopped right in the center of the X. Paul was there for a year and a half intentionally trying to meet with these people, planting a church there. He knew this church really well. And then when he left to go plant other churches, he got word that things weren't going so well. The unity that they had, the all hands on deck, everybody participating in their role, place, and station, was getting challenged. So as you read through the book of Corinthians, Paul will address division. I'm of Paul. I'm of Apollos. I'm of Peter. I'm of Cephas. Division. He'll talk about sex. There was a guy having sex with his stepmom and various other people wandering around. Sex with temple prostitutes, things like that. All this stuff going on. Paul addresses that. So there's division, there's sex, there's this big deal about food and idols. He talks about that. In the readings that we'll have for next week, he talks about the gathering, the dissension and the division in the the gathering itself. But interestingly, the division is about spiritual and non-spiritual. And then finally, he talks about the resurrection. There are five areas of the book If we were going A, B, C, D, E, we were outlining Corinthians, there are five areas that show division. Paul's addressing. Jeremy shot me a note this week. He's like, wow, man. How are you going to preach out of 8 through 12? We could preach the rest of the entire year out of 8 through 12. There's a lot of stuff in there. A lot of application. A lot of doctrines and conversation. Tons of that stuff. I was talking to Bo earlier this morning. I said, you know what struck me as interesting about Corinthians? It's like a book of Paul writing and saying, guys, 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 guys. No, 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 no. Like you're, 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 no, that's not, what I, that's not what we're supposed to do. <laughs> it's this letter that's written about, hey, that's, that's not what I meant. Oh, no, 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 no. That's, that's not what we're doing. It's this instructive book about you're getting it wrong. 
It really, really is. There are books that are edifying and, you know, but this is like a, hey, 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 whoa, 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 wait a minute. You're following the path of the world, not the spirit. This is not what I gave you. This gospel is about love and unity and acceptance and community. It's the diversity within unity. And we know that. We call it a university. That's where the word university comes from. Unity and diversity. All the diversity of a, of a college setting unified into one pathway. So the unity of all that. Paul's looking at them. He's like, no, 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 guys. This isn't about popularity. This isn't about I'm of him or I follow that or I got this right or I got that. Done. No, 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 no. That's division. Don't do division. And people sin for sure. People f- seek idols and pleasure and acceptance and belonging, and they find community. We will find it. But we don't celebrate it, nor do we turn an eye to it like it's healthy. No, 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 no. You've got to address that. You've got to talk to that. Talk about that. And this whole thing with food and a stronger brother and a weaker brother and, you know, who's in and who's out and, I can't be with you in this. And whoa, that's not unity. And this thing about love when you honor. You love yourself, that's pretty strong. You find somebody that you fall in love with. They mess up your head, that's pretty strong. You think about them all the time. And then somehow, this little child shows up in your life, and all bets are off. Love outside of ourselves. So there's division. The sexual immorality. The whole idols and who's weak and who's strong and the religious things of the day. And then he goes into this thing about the gathering. The conflict that is found inside this room. The conflict that's found inside the room. And you know why? You know why there's conflict inside the room? This is deep. Are you ready? Because we're here. (laughs) That's why. Because we're here. Human beings are in the room, right? We're in the room. And we just have that in our nature to itemize and check and value and devalue and better and this. and, And it even happens in the spirit. It even happens in the gifts and the manifestations of the Spirit of God, it happens. It happens where this gift is better than that gift, or this one, or that one. I told you this story years ago. Melinda and I were youth pastors before our kids showed up. And we had about 100 kids in a youth group. It was a pretty good-sized church. And this one gal, she was old school. We'd say she's on fire for Jesus. Wanted to meet with us. She was devastated. We, we met at this little food court at a, at a mall, you know, out in Annapolis. And, and she was talking to us, and she said, I have got to have the interpretation of tongues. I have got to have that. And it's not happening. And they were in a church where people would speak, speak in tongues publicly. And she's like, I need to know that. I need, and it was, a big, it was a big deal. And so I asked her. Maybe this is the question you would have asked her. I said, 
why do you need to have it so much? Like, why is it such a big deal? And she said, well, my dad does it. And that was true, her dad did. My question was like, that's right, your dad does. Is he going somewhere? Is he going to be away for a while? Like, why do you have to do that? What's the motivation on that? Because Corinthians, when you read this week and you read chapter 12, it says that the Spirit gives us the gifts. It's this very interesting thing in chapter 12 where it talks about the giftings. And then it talks about the body. And then it talks about the church. And Paul's line of reasoning goes from, Paul's sitting around thinking, ah, this is how I will address this. I will first of all talk about the gifts that are given to each person by the Spirit. Now you can desire and you can make yourself available, but according to the Scripture, as I read it, He is the one that chooses. He selects. You will have this, or you will have this, or I need this here, or I need this here. In the military, that's how we lived, you know. We signed up, and then they told us where to go. And I'm pretty sure, let me think for a quick second. Yes, I'm certain that I didn't get to say, uh, no. <laughs> We'd like you to deploy for six months. You know, I'm sure you would. It's, it's not a convenient time for me right now. Like, it's just, it's just not a convenient time. That wasn't part of the deal. You see, I'd surrendered some things. And that's what we do here. We surrender some things. And we allow the Spirit to do a work in us. So I want you to remember this. He talks about spiritual gifts. Then he talks about the body. And then he goes right into the church. This literal space that we're in. So as a text, I'm not going to read from Corinthians. I'm actually going to read from Ephesians. And I would encourage you, if you, if you want to, you can go to Ephesians chapter 4. Kelly's going to throw it up there in the NI, uh, New King James. And this is, I, I'm not exactly sure, but I think it could be the longest sentence in the Bible. If you have a Bible and you're looking at it, just keep looking for the period. You're going to be scrolling and scrolling. I, I might possibly be reading for you this morning the longest sentence in the Scripture. He himself gave some to be apostles and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. We're all pretty familiar with this, right? But here's what it's for. For the equipping of the saints for the work. The equipping of the saints for the work. I'm one of those. I'm one of those offices. That's, one of those is my office. My office, my job, is to equip you to do the work. I've read, heard it over and over and over again, that in business, the CEO should cast vision at least every 30 days. Whether you do that in an email or whether you're able to address your whole company or what, at least every 30 days, toss out the vision. You all get it every seven. Every seven days, we're overachievers. 
We're putting out the vision of the community of faith from this desk every week, every Sunday. My job, the job of the apostle, pastor, evangelist, teacher, prophet, is to equip the saints, equip people, men and women. And Paul would say, all the parts of the body. You know who's left out of that in this room? No one. No one. Equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. Okay, but what does ministry need to be? Edifying the body. Those are wonderful measures for us. Am I busy for Jesus? Maybe. We're not just going for busy. Is it edifying? Edifying the body of Christ. So there is leadership for the work of ministry. But that ministry work is actually to build up. Not what was going on in Corinthians. Not you're with him and you follow that guy and you follow that guy. And I don't eat hamburgers from that place. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know. There's a joke. Uh, what's the dude's name? Blonde guy, northern Indiana. Jim Gaffigan, thank you. Jim Gaffigan tells this joke and he's like, and Jim Gaffigan makes food jokes all the time, right? And he said, so I saw my friend, and I pulled him, and I saw he was going to McDonald's. And the thought crossed my mind. I didn't know I was better than you. Big joke, right? You eat at McDonald's, and I don't. I'm better than you. That's our 21st century, 2022 example of this. Right? You do that, you don't eat here, I don't eat there, we don't do that. That's not edifying Edifying is all ships rise. Edifying is arms around people. Edifying is space and time and patience and love. And you ready for this? And this is something every single person has uniquely in this room today. Empathy. Every person in here has a unique thumbprint of empathy, which is needed. Needed. That's why. Everyone in the body doing the work of the body, the work of ministry for edifying is so important. It's not about listening to what I might teach and copying it, of course. It's not about that. It's not about, I'll just remember the script and go through it. We know that's not what it's about. The power of it is when that message comes through you, you individually, with, the gift that the Spirit has given you, that frankly, the way that works is you just say, yes, I don't have much more for you than that. I don't have much more. For, I've been thinking about that all week. How can I help people understand what it is to be used in a gift of the Spirit? And I don't have much for you. You have to go somebody else. All I can tell you is you say yes. You show up, and if you feel a prompting, and that voice that you know is God, you just do it. You just move into it. But aren't we a little bit hung up on the label of it? What it is, where I fit, how it looks, right? Oh, it would be, it would be so freeing to let that go. It would be so freeing to recognize that we're loving and edifying. That's the work of the ministry. And looking around with awareness and gathering. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. You see, we're not, we think we're in the unity of the faith. I don't know that we, I don't, I don't know if we are. 
I don't, I'm pretty sure we're not. I'm pretty sure we land on all kinds of dots. If there was a big map and everybody was a push pin with the little red round thing on the top, we cover the deal, man. We're all over the place. You see, we're working together the work of the ministry to edify people, not get them unified in faith, and then you get to be edified. That is not how that works. Thank you for the resounding amens. That is not how that works. It is how religion works. You get all of this right, and then I'll love you, friend. Then you're welcome here. That is not how that works. That's not what he's talking about. That's not what I value here. That's not what we value here. Edification. As we know that we're journeying through to a unity of faith and knowledge of the Son of God, becoming a perfect man, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men, cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking, this is all one sentence, speaking the truth in love, growing up in all things, growing up, Growing up, growing up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. The head, connection with the head. That little thing I said about the brain and the eyes and the occipital lobe. When you're not working in the body, you're still in the body. When you're not working in the body, you have your calling, your position, you know, I'm somebody special, right? Whatever, right? You're, you're that, whatever, you're that thing, your eye, your ear, your foot. He goes through all this thing. You're all those things. But when you're not working, you're still, you're still in the body. The question would be, are you connected to the head? It's the connection. And when we don't think that's happening, these other parts take over, and frankly, we do. Like, the work of God is going to get done. The work of God is going to get done. This isn't a call today of like, please, please help. <laughs> please help. That would be like the Lord saying, hey, I got this big plan for the world. Guys, it rises and falls on you. Like, please help. I don't think so. He said, if I was hungry... I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> what are you going to do? I would tell you. Cattle on a thousand hills are mine. I don't, need, I don't need all that stuff. When he calls us, this is a shift for some of us. Please accept it. He's asking us to do the work of the ministry for us. For us. He's asking us to do the work of the ministry. To step in to the work of the body for us. And when my eyes don't come back on, other parts will take over. And it's crazy. I'm reading this book. It's called The Live-Wired Brain. <laughs> it's a guy named Eagleman. People get visuals off of 
sensation in their arm that goes into their occipital lobe. Like crazy stuff. I have to like rewind, rewind, <laughs> rewind, listen to that again. I'm like, what is this, Star Trek? Rewind, listen to this again. Crazy stuff that's happening. All of us have a role. We all have a part to play. And it's a God-called part. And I don't actually know what your part's going to be, but what I do know is you have a unique empathy that we need. You come from a unique place that the church needs, the body of Christ needs. But that is for you. It's, the work is going to get done. The idea is that he has called us into that work. Verse 16, from whom the whole body, here we go with body, right? Paul was talking about the giftings. I'm in Ephesians, but Paul did this in Corinthians, talking about the giftings and now the body, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, the supply, the back and forth. According to the effective working by which every part does its share. Every part does its share. That's what causes growth in the body for the edifying of, what does that say? The edifying of, the edifying of itself. Isn't that beautiful? What beautiful language. The edifying of itself in love. When we all together do our part. Arnick, you can come up. I will close with this. In this story, when you read the eye and the hand and the foot and the ear and, you know, who, and again, it's the same old division stuff. You know, I shop at that store, you shop at that store, I go to that church, I eat that food, I don't eat that food. It's the same old division, the same old division junk. But when you read how Paul presents, let's say there's an eye that's glorious and a foot that's not so glorious. Okay? We might think that the eye is all proud and arrogant and snooty and looks down at the foot and says, be gone and quickly to farewell to the foot. That's not how it reads. Paul understands how we work. And it's actually the foot that says, I'm not like the eye, I need to go away. Shoulder's not very glorious. Elbow. The one that feels less about itself. Am I talking to you right now? Yipper. <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I am. It's very easy. I'm not new to this game. It's very easy to come into a church and feel like it's the I that, that, that's putting you down. When in effect, what's happening is yourself selecting out. And we don't want you to do that. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. One of the translations in the message, it says, you can live without a full-bodied head of hair, to which I say, amen. <laughs> That's literally what it said. You can live without a full-bodied head of hair, but digestion problems, I'll trade full head of hair for good digestion is basically what it's saying. The stuff you don't even see. 
the stuff that just handles things and goes and does. I don't want any of us to self-select out. I want us all to recognize God's the one that gives to us. And you'll read them. Wise counsel. Clear understanding. I'm reading out of the scripture right now. Corinthians 12. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit. And to all kinds of people. Wise counsel. Clear understanding. Simple trust. Healing the sick. Miraculous acts. Proclamation. Distinguishing between spirits. Tongues and the interpretation of tongues. And then he goes on to say some that we know. Apostle, prophet, teacher. Okay, fine. Miracle worker. Healer, helper. Organizer is in here? What? Gift of administration? <laughs> what? Okay. If I'm doing a weekend, uh, next week, three days services, all day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three days of services at Christway, and the speaker that will be here is operating in the gifts and be here with faith and expectancy, and we're excited about it, and someone asks me what the gift is, and I say, uh, the gift of helps. We were kind of hoping for miracles. We were kind of hoping for the gift of healing. The gift of, the organi- the gift of organization. The gift of administration, right? These gifts that we need. And you ready for this? There is a place for you in the body because you're already in the body. You're already here. Like that body of Christ is full and formed. You're already in it. Now it's just that place where we don't give away our part. We don't let other people do our job. We don't let other people take over that real estate and heighten their giftings. No, no, no. We step into that space. Because it's not just spiritual gifts and the body. He said it plays out in the church. Now one last thing. I want to sing Greater Faithfulness, that course, okay? The one we just did. If I have a temporary blindness, if I have a temporary deafness, weeks, months, and no electrical signals are going to that part of the brain, other parts move in there. But I want you to know this. The research is I understand it. When that temporary blindness is gone and you, your eyes work again, you get it back. It's redeemable. It's not just closed. Sorry, screwed up. You're out. Too bad. No. It's redeemable. It'll be a slow workup you'll be able to begin to hear. You'll be able to begin to see. And clarity comes back. You're able to make a move today and begin to say yes to these things. And it really, really is that. It's a yes. The division is what says this is an apostle and that's a pastor and well this one's down here and that. That's an org chart kind of deal. That's not what this is. And and that would be taking us down a bad road. Every person in the body is vital. We laugh together, we cry together, we hurt together, we sing together. 
When I have a cut on my knee, I'm like, nope, no antibodies from my thumb. No, no, no. Nope. And serve. And that's the call. And today, again, all you have to say is yes. You're already in the body. God is giving you the giftings that he's given. And whether you can articulate them, label them, and do a PowerPoint on it, okay. The real deal here is not to talk about it. Do it. To step into those places. To step into those places in this community that allows you you to find fulfillment. That mural back there is eight different steps. And step seven is serving others in this house. It's attending and doing discovery and baptism and connect groups and mission and giving and serving and mentoring. There you go. Ta-da. And as we move through this, okay, everybody, one, right? Attending is important, but it's not just for you. It's for others. You recognize that I am part of this body. This isn't just, I didn't feel like it today. When you're not here, guess who suffers? You do and we do. We all do. We all do. And some, I'm going to be gone in a couple of weeks. First weekend in August, I will not be in this building. And part of me will suffer for not being in this building. Okay. That's that sleep thing, right? I'll dream. (laughs) The connections. But we don't just live on Sunday. You can keep that up there, Kelly. We don't just live on Sunday. We're all through the week. We believe in connection all through the week. Number seven, I don't know if you can read it. It says there's a place for you at Christ's wedding. It's a place where you can live out the love of God make a difference this is a place you can live out the love of God and make a difference in that space now what does this have to do with his faithfulness let's sing it what does this have to do with his faithfulness great is your faithfulness This is a call about the body being the body. Taking his faithfulness and letting it guide our faithfulness. When we're walking in that space, everything we do is a praise of the Lord. We're walking in salvation and then freedom and then the redemption of His Spirit calling to us. Whatever part of the body that is. And we just live that out. Then everything we do gives glory to God. We are His body. We are free. We are unhindered. We are living in the purposes for which He has called us. And we edify each other. And it's all right. I will praise your praise your name. Praise your faithfulness to me. And I put my faith in Jesus.
My heart is full this morning with the richness of God's Word and how it it's amazing to me. It never ceases to amaze me that something that was written so long ago um, can be so hard-hitting and so relevant, not just in these broad strokes, but prying deep to the precise point in which we live. Amen? Do you feel that this morning? So I wanted to share something with you to send you off today. And um, the uh, yesterday, Elliot uh, and I were talking, and for those of you who don't know, Elliot is uh, our oldest or our youngest son. He just came back from church camp, and I was uh, in the house, and he came in yesterday afternoon, and and uh, hey, Dad, it's good to see you, and had a great time, and he started sharing all the experiences. And at the end of his uh, stories, and uh, unlike when I went to church camp, we didn't have cell phones to video everything. So not only did I hear the narrative, but I got to watch lots of videos and, oh, look at this, look at this. His facial expression changed. And he said, but you know, he said, it's always the same. He said, I, I, have these wonderful experiences and I meet these people and they're new people in my life and they we pray around the altar and they're not the normal people that I run around with and he said and then it's time to leave and then I have to say goodbye to these people and he said dad it's not like I don't like the friends that I have or that, that they don't support me but it's just it's just so different and he said it always makes me feel I just don't know what to do with it. And so this is one of the benefits being 54 compared to 18 offer us, right? I said, buddy, what you just described is life. And that is exactly how our walk with God works. And as his spirit matures in us, we become very, very much aware of how some things are, Andy, you use the term intersections. And that's the only purpose that they serve. And as people, we are all the same in this. We want to bottle it up. We want to try to put it in a box. We want to capture it because we want to, as the saying goes, we want to capture the moment, right? And then we want to pull that forward and take it with us. But it's never, it never works, right? It never works that way. The restaurant that was really, really great, it was outstanding, and you tell all your friends about it, and six months later, you go back, and for some reason, it doesn't taste the same. Why? Well, because it wasn't just the restaurant. It was the people you were with. It was the, the timing of the circumstance. It was how hungry you were at the time. It was all of those. It was the joke the person told. It was just the levity of the moment. It was... That's, that can't be captured. But it can change us. It can make a mark on us, and it does. And so how does this connect to this message this morning? It, was, it, it struck me as I, I listened that God, this week, and this is what I want to send you away with, God, give us the spiritual wisdom to know where we are and to be open and to allow things to intersect with us impact us, change us, 
leave us with something and let us walk away from that intersection, not linger there longer to, to allow it to become stale and something weird, but, but to move beyond that and carry that with us for the kingdom's sake. That's the first thing. The second thing is, God, give me the wisdom to know where the people that I intersect with are in their journey so that in a moment's notice when the Spirit moves, I can transition from receiving to being the one that blesses and speaks into their circumstance and lets them feel God's guidance. And then they perhaps walk away from me the better for it. That's the two things I want to pray over us this morning. Let the Spirit and let the Word, His Word, come alive in your heart. And please, don't let it just be in this place. Don't let this intersection today just be the limit of it. But capture it. Let it make a mark on you and take it into your work week and into all of the intersections that will take place this week. Let's pray together. Pray with me. Jesus, we're thankful, Heavenly Father, that you speak to us in so many different ways. You speak to us through your word. You speak to us through conversations. You speak to us through impressions. You speak to us through the tangible and everyday mundane things in life. And for all of that, we are so grateful because, God, that's where we live. Jesus, we're grateful that you know who we are. You know our struggles. You know the weakness, the strength. God, lay a path for us this week and give us the courage and wisdom to walk in that path, the sensitivity to be in those moments and to be active guide us and God let your love be ever present in everything that we do help us fill our gaps overwhelm our imperfection with your love God help us to embrace you and your spirit fill our lives we love you this morning Jesus and we We stand in your presence today grateful. And for all of this, we say thank you. We ask it in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you. His peace go with you today. Have a wonderful week. Amen.